0: Hello, everybody. It's Scott from Renegade Ministry, and we're back with another one of our Learn and Burn podcasts. For the first time in a long time, all four of us are back together again. Jonathan, Steve, Kyle, and myself. Good to have you guys all back together in the same place at the same time. Good to be back to be here. So in honor of Halloween, which is coming up, we thought we'd do something a little bit differently today. We thought we would talk about, as pastors... And as leaders, what is frightening to us right now in terms of the church world or the denominational world or even in the leadership world right now? And then after we do a a round of that, we'll talk about maybe some areas of opportunities that we would see in the middle of these challenging times. So, Steve, why don't you start us off?
1: Sure. One of the things that being out of the building for seven months now, we're looking at this this structure that this the particular congregation I serve has spent about 70 years investing in buildings and we haven't used them. And what does that long-term investment mean in a world where so many people have switched to virtual? And we are, have we invested so much in something that's going to be irrelevant
0: going forward? You were telling me recently that your church has had to spend about a quarter of a million dollars just to keep the facilities up. That must feel like it's especially challenging in times like this.
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, roofs, parking lots, all those things, um, we pay too much money a month just in utility bills. And it feels like, wow, that's a lot of ministry dollars that are going to support a facility that is (laughs) is it even
0: relevant anymore. So what frightens you is you'll have a ton of money tied up in a way that you won't be able to maybe ever use in the same way as you used to.
1: Can we, how can we leverage what we have and is it even possible? And have we spent a bunch of money in a, in the wrong direction?
0: Right. Kyle, what about you?
2: I just say to what Steve said that we have just finished a seven year building project And we're getting ready to move in in the middle of this pandemic and our whole model is based upon being together in person we we've built our campus into a mixed-use development and so we have apartments a hotel shops and part of our you know part of our economic model is is to have people there and to lease space out and during covid it's just not happening and so i think all churches in whatever form that they have with the campus i think we can identify with what Steve's saying is we just have these big buildings that we have to maintain and people are coming and so i I mean that that's a part of my fear as well
0: so you're about six weeks out from officially launching in your new building what what about that is most frightening to you right now
2: that one will be able to do it uh, we've been working on this again for seven years and I'm not even sure that you know we'll have clearance from the, from the government to be able to go in. It depends on what phase we're, in. we're planning to be able to go in. Uh, but then also, are the people that we have built all these other buildings around for, are they going to be able to, to come in and, and, and have their stores and, and live in the apartments? And so it's not just church. It's just, we've, we've created a whole campus that's to be social. And right now is not a very social time. Right.
1: In some ways, it's kind of like being Kodak, investing all this money in making film, and then digital photography comes
2: around.
0: Absolutely. Which goes back to the old adage, adapt or die. Right. Right. What, what we've seen in the business world forever, we're now seeing much more rapidly and clearly in the church world.
1: Right. Aren't we? Well, and I know at New Story, you've got such a different model from a traditional church model that
0: some of us have. What what about you well we don't have the same amount of money invested in buildings as most traditional churches do at all my biggest fear at a newer church like new story where most of the people who come have either not been in church ever or have been hurt by church or were looking for something different they don't have deep roots in new story like some of the people from y'all's churches do where their families have gone there for decades and they have they have really deep roots So a lot of our people, I'm wondering if when this pandemic is over, whenever that is, or whenever we can get back to whatever normal in-person worship is, is how many of our people will come back? Mm -hmm. Or how many people will say, well, I did the church thing for a while and and I'm good. Or how many people have started new habits and those habits don't involve church on Sunday morning? Or how many people now don't even realize it's Sunday? Exactly. Exactly you know, our online numbers look good. But how many people, one of my fears is how many people are going to say, you know what, I think I've come to enjoy sitting at home on my couch on Sunday morning with a cup of coffee, and I feel like I can worship just as well. And, and so while they'll still be a part of our church, it won't be the same like you were saying, Kyle, it won't have that same community feel. Because even if you're commenting during a Facebook live worship service. It's not the same as seeing other people. So I really have no idea what our church is going to look like. Are we going to have a lot of people come back? Or, you know, we're doing everything we can right now to have different types of online offerings, but what type of community will we have? And again, and also at a newer church like ours, the financial worries are really great because for a lot of our people who don't have deep roots in a church, if you're not physically there, you don't even think about giving. Right. And so the financial aspect of it for a church like ours is certainly something that keeps me up at night as I'm thinking.
3: Well, and the interesting thing about that is... So for all of us, it's probably the first time because of technology and media and the rise of all that, this is probably the first time in human history that human gathering has been so limited in this way. And it's really causing us to have to rethink what does it mean to be community? What does it mean to be in, to be a part of a congregation together or to be in mission together, whether it's as a church or a nonprofit or, or even just a group of friends where gathering is um, constantly limited and and I think that with that, I mean, there's a giant rethink that we could do if we would do it. And I would say probably my, my greatest fear is that we let the crisis go to waste, in essence, that we don't take advantage of the opportunity to rethink everything when we have a chance, where everything has been closed down, and to rethink the purposes of all the stuff that we do. There's a lot of stuff that we do that needs to be retrofitted to do um, different kinds of ministry. Um, and, you know, and Kyle, I, I feel for you because you're building brand new stuff and you're already having to think about how might you have to retrofit. Um, but I think that at that, that the essence, and I think this is what I, I love about you guys, is that you're always going to be thinking about the culture that you're creating. It's hard to create culture when you're not in the room together. It's just hard to create a culture and to create a lot of energy and a lot of buy in around saving the world or, you know, whatever you're doing, unless you're able to, you know, I guess, feel the energy of everybody else in the room. Um, that's why we do congregational singing, because we we share in this moment, and it's a unifying experience, and it just isn't the same. Um, you meant to say we used to do congregational <laughs> singing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, that's it. It's like we and, used to do that, but now this thing that we've depended on for centuries I mean, even millennia, we can't do.
1: And even with the four of us getting together, Kyle currently is wearing a hazmat
2: suit. This is true. And it's not just because of COVID. <laughs> There's a lot of reasons for that.
0: So Jonathan, is, is sort of what you're saying when you say you're afraid we'll miss this crisis is when we do get back to whatever sense of normalcy happens, whether that be in a few months or six months or a year, that the temptation to go back to the old ways will be so strong that even some
3: new things we might have tried during this time, people will say, well, we don't need to do that anymore? I think that's a little bit of it. Um, You know, like I don't worry about so much the institutional things and the things that some of the programmatic stuff, but I do worry about our mindset and the things that we focus on that we'll just try to get back to normal as if we were just on a long vacation. You know, that we're, uh, you know, we can sit in our homes and we can uh, binge watch series after series after series on Netflix and Amazon Prime And then not ever really think about some of those essential questions about our lives. And and I worry about that both as congregations and I worry about that as individuals that, you know, here we've got an opportunity to actually stop and contemplate stuff and to contemplate it in prayerful and deep and spiritual ways. And what most of us are trying to do is just get back to our normal routine, which, you know, in spiritual language, in church language, we would say that that means we've made an idol of our routine,
2: Well, and and things have changed, and they're not going back. Right. And so we can't make the mistake of assuming that they are. But moving forward, I think that God has always offered us a new path. God makes things new. God is a God of transformation. God makes things good out of bad things. And so I think that's a hopeful message that we can't go back. We're going to go forward. It's, It's going to be different, but I think it could be good.
3: Yeah, I mean, in the church and in nonprofit worlds, we've been talking for decades about not only funding problems, but mission problems and program problems, building problems, building problems, and that things aren't what we ideally want. And if that's the case, now is an opportunity to rethink that. And you hate that it has to happen on the backs of the tragedies of human loss. I mean, one of my best friends in Charlotte died of COVID back in August. And it's, it's hard, and you hate that out of that, but, it, you know, I mean.
0: And yet in the midst of that, in the midst of this time where there is probably more opportunity than there has ever been in any of our lifetimes, for sure, almost every minister and leader who we would talk to would say, I'm more tired than I've ever been. I'm having a hard, harder time thinking and making decisions than I've ever had. So there's this weird juxtaposition of this incredible opportunity paired with wow that takes a whole lot of energy
1: and it does it it's the work it takes just to get the level um things that you took for granted that i mean sunday morning worship for instance was an when you're in that routine and the building's open it it doesn't take the work it takes to pull off
0: now so it, it is that i think And there feels like there's a different level. I I hate to use the word competition with ministry. I'm I'm vehemently against it. And yet the playing field has been in so so many ways totally leveled because now all it takes is just a click and you can watch a sermon from California or from Japan or from anywhere in the world. And so some of the localness of ministry, I think, Mm -hmm. has disappeared because you're not getting up on Sunday morning and going to the building. And so if... It's making all of us work so far out of our comfort zones. If your production values of your videos aren't good or the sound isn't good, it's so easy for somebody just to click off of it and go to a, a different church anywhere in the world that is doing that But really I think well. just
2: as we've been talking about, there's COVID fatigue. We're all working more than we ever have. We're tired. We're tired of Zoom meetings. We're tired of other video meetings. We're, we're, we're tired of all of it. I think that's going to be an opportunity in the future that we're going to want to come back together. And we're going to want to have that local connection. Yeah, you might could watch some kind of amazing service on the computer, but that that person doesn't know who you are. And when you're going through a difficult time, there's just something about having that local experience. And I don't think that the church is, is going away. I think that people need to be together. We need to be socially together. Our theology is incarnational. That God came to be with us in Christ. And so... Right now, it's tough because of COVID, and we have to separate from each other, but I don't think that's the long-term solution. There'll, there'll be some kind of a hybrid thing where people are gathering together.
0: I hope you're right. One of my fears is, is that people will realize there are so many other ways they can have that social togetherness other than church, their kids' soccer team, um, groups from work, other things like that, whereas church, especially you know, even a decade or two ago was the center of a lot of people's social life. It just, you know, I can drive by some soccer fields right near Winston-Salem on Sunday morning and see thousands of people out there on Sunday morning, more than the biggest church in Winston-Salem would have right now.
1: And they paid a lot more to be there than they'll ever give to a church. Right. So, but
3: you know, but the thing with that is, I mean, that gives us in the church a chance to relearn language. Uh, to try to because what we're learning all these pastors talk about learning how to do online worship and learning all these new skills um, and uh, very adaptive skills which are real important but I think one of the things that we've been lacking in for a long long time is the ability to speak into the marketplace we've forgotten how to speak the language of the people who are all around us and we only speak a language that makes sense in our doors and this is a time when, here again, if we can rethink and retool some of this and not try to jump back to what we were doing previously, we've got a real chance to retool the relevance of the church because the church itself was always, I mean, Jesus was always out among the people. We, like, if you take the Gospels, he's not teaching in the temple very much. That's one, That's one thing
2: that, that we learned in our three and a half years outside of a church building. We worship in a movie theater. We met in coffee shops, the YMCA. We were in homes. And it was great. We were the church in the community. We met people. We need to be at those soccer fields that you're talking about, Scott. Like, I mean, I think we've had an idea of church. You go to church, like like you go to a soccer game. But I think church is bigger than that. And I think if one positive thing can come out of all of this is that it gives us a chance to rethink what church is.
0: So we've been talking a lot about church and things that frighten us about the church world, let's switch gears a little bit and just talk about leaders in general and opportunities. What are some opportunities during challenging times like this for leaders? Steve, do you want to start us off again? I think it gives us a chance to zero in on what really
1: matters and perspective because there's so many things that when I look at the organization I lead, there's some things that aren't as important now as we thought they were seven months ago. And that is clarity of purpose. So focusing in on what we're really about and getting the right perspective about what really matters that there's an opportunity to help people see that and move the
0: organization forward. It's that old adage that all of us have heard who have ever worked or volunteered for any group of, why do we do that? Well, we've always done it that way. And no one ever steps back and says, why are we doing that? Exactly. Or should we continue to do that? What about you,
2: Kyle? Well, to big, piggyback off that, I think an opportunity is to see that not all change is bad. That this is a great opportunity to, to examine you know, where we are and where we're going. And how could this shake things up? reorganizing our priorities, as Steve said. I think change could be a great opportunity to try some new things that you've wanted to try or maybe things you haven't thought about before. This is is the best time to to be experimenting with that.
0: Yeah, sometimes when you go through something like this, change can, in normal times, be hard to get people to agree with because we all like to be comfortable. And in a time like this, it can be an impetus for us to try something new.
2: Yeah, a lot of change management talks about an, an inciting incident, something that happens that you don't see coming that you have to deal with. And we've got the pandemic and many other things. So it's, it's a great impetus to, to move forward.
0: I would say that I think this is a great time for leaders to be able to focus some on themselves of where are we leading well? Where have we not led? What have we learned about ourselves? I've learned stuff about myself over the last eight months. Some things I'm proud of and some things I've realized, wow, I wasn't doing that well, and had almost tricked myself into thinking I was doing it well. It's sort of, it's almost as if this pandemic kind of scrapes away the topsoil and lets you see what's, what's underneath it. So I think it's a really good time for us to do some self work. And as we've talked about in previous podcasts, that might be going to see a counselor. That might be reading some things different than you have read before. It might be like we're doing right now, spending time with friends and really having honest conversations about it. I know for so many people right now, it's really thinking about why do I do what I'm doing? Do I want to keep doing that? How do I invest myself in this, especially if we're tired?
3: What about you, John? Well, I was going to say, I mean, I think it's important for us to kind of realize those essential things that we do. So in the same way, Steve was talking about an organization and identifying what's really important. I think it's this is a great time for us as leaders to identify that. And, and I know a lot of leaders out there right now are really struggling to try to figure out how to maintain their organization and keep their organization alive through this and when and when the pandemic is over or, or when whatever over ends up looking like. And so I know that survival is going to be a, a real issue for a lot of folks, but I think it's a good time still to, You know, where we've been able to do so many things the same way everybody else has. You know, you can do Facebook Live just like the biggest organization in the world can. Um, I think that the two things out of that is, one, you know, realizing that it's not going to help me to compare myself to other leaders who might have previously had all the resources and all the media at their disposal. Comparing myself to them is not going to ultimately be helpful for me because at the end of the day, I'm not called to be. You know, whoever, whatever great leader, I'm called to be the best me that I can be. And um, and I think that that's something that we've all got to kind of terms with. And, you know, in organizations, folks will always compare themselves to organizations that thrive and that seem to have all the resources and everything that, uh, that they seem to need. But they've got challenges, too. And I think, um, you know, the simplifying gives us a chance to maybe be a little bit more comfortable in our own skin. Good. That's good stuff, guys. So,
0: um, certainly these are challenging times with a lot to be um, concerned about, but also some great opportunities out there. So, talk with somebody about this stuff. Share some of this stuff with somebody. We'd love to hear your feedback on these things. What are you learning during these times? So, thanks for listening. Uh, There's always more info at renegadeministry.org, and we'd love to hear your thoughts and suggestions on anything. Have a blessed day, everybody.